0: Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Emerald Conversations. I'm Ger Sweeney and this series comprises a number of interviews that I have conducted for my website, emeraldconnection.net, and some earlier works. The conversations are with people who are involved with music, the arts, entertainment, community, business, and in some cases, politics. All of this in Ireland or within Irish communities across the world along with their release on The Emerald Connection, I have used some of them as part of a weekly Irish radio programme that I present on an English-speaking radio station in Spain called Talk Radio Europe. This episode features a conversation between singer-songwriter Freddie White and PJ Curtis. It's the second in a series of five conversations between PJ and some of the artists that he has produced albums for down through the years. I'm stuck in there too, asking some questions about how these iconic albums and records were actually produced. In this episode, we talk about Freddie's Do You Do album from 1981. We're joined by one of Ireland's favourite entertainers for many years, Freddie White. He's a cork man, but sure, look, no one's perfect. Um, But he and PJ got together uh, on two occasions in the studio as well. Firstly, for an album called Do You Do. And then a couple of years later, for a four-track album called Have a Nice Day. Anyway, I'm delighted to say that Freddie joins myself and PJ. PJ is here in studio with me. Hello, PJ. Hello, Ger. Now, you can talk into that. You walk over there. Exactly. And Freddie joins us by Zoom. Freddie, great to see you. And uh, welcome to the programme. And thank you for taking time to talk to us. Thank you,
1: too. Hello, lads
0: and folks. It was only uh, last week... I was in my kitchen and I was listening to Ronan Collins on the National Airwaves and I heard a track and I said Jeepers that's nice and when he was over he said it was Freddie White and he said it was from an album called Do You Do and I said sure that's the one that PJ produced and it's very different in that it's it's jazzy and I hadn't you do down as a, a jazzy type really but right. significantly different right. and very enjoyable
1: yeah, but that, that that album is a lot of different things. It's 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 not just jazzy. We, mm. we 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 uh, we decided well the, the previous album I did, it it had a similar array of music on it, which was very widely varied music. So it's got some folky kind of music, some country music, some jazz music, and uh, and uh and some rock music. But the thing about that one was um I did it solo, live solo. Mm. All, all those all those songs were done just by me alone. Yeah, but yeah. then when the next album came up, Mulligan decided to throw a bit of money at it, hire an expensive producer, <laughs> DJ Curtis, <Kirkus. laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: and, uh, and we we hired about I don't know forty seven musicians <laughs> of different of different persuasions right. to come into the studio. So we, we had basically a rock band, which did half the half the well. It did only about three tracks actually, three or four tracks. And and there were three or four tracks done by, um, done with the with the the jazz band or, or the regular Dublin uh, uh, usual suspects in the jazz okay, world. Right. I mean, that. So it, it was it was many different things that album. It wasn't just it was some. Sometimes when you hear one track, you think that's what the album is going to sound like all throughout, but it's really not.
0: Mm. PJ. Um, when you were presented with the tracks for the album, firstly, was was this your first time? Did you know Freddie and, and had you done something together or had you kind of an idea as to what he was about?
3: Uh, I had only seen Freddie. I first saw Freddie and I think I remember Freddie where I saw you. Maybe you can confirm this in a club somewhere off Capel Street. Uh, it, it, does that ring any bells with you at that time?
1: Yeah, yeah there were a few that I, I did around yeah. that time. And, uh, and I... Sorry, heard- I heard. No, there was one up. There was one up, uh, one up in Parliament Square, and there was another one. Like oh, oh, God, yeah. People Street. I mean, all I, all I know on Cable Street is slatteries, and I wasn't yeah, playing yes, the but this was off there.
3: It wasn't actually Cape Street. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we oh, heard. I had heard about you. The, the word was out that there was a singer from uh, Cork that was now in town, and that he was a, he was a must hear. So hmm. I went along to see him, and I have to say, I was completely. Blown away by this man on stage, doing covers, but making each one that he had, uh, each cover Mm. his own. Right. And not only was he, was I impressed with that, but I was certainly impressed with his guitar playing, and it was unique. uh, And it added to the fact that when Freddie's take on each song with his guitar style made those songs his own. And at that stage, I was just you know knocked out by his performance. There was no talk of any. Thing for the future, because I, I didn't know him personally. And then uh, I had I, I had been in Mulligan Records. I was out of Mulligan Records, and then the word came down to the grapevine that Freddie had been signed to Mulligan. Uh, who did you bring? The first album came out on Mulligan. Freddie, didn't it? Did it? Oh, yes, yeah, both yeah. Of them. yeah, So the, yeah, the, yeah, the word came down that there was going to be a second album, and that as Freddie said, they were going to put some money into it. It wasn't going to be another solo album okay. per se, right? And uh, that's how we got together. uh, Yeah, that's how we got together. So when the song
0: list arrived and Freddie came into the studio and went to talk to you, how how do you put this together? Do you go for a cup of coffee or a pint first and kind of (laughs) talk about things? Or do you arrive in Freddie and say,
1: there you go? We probably did that a bit. We did mm. did a bit of, of meetings beforehand, but but you know we, we 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 took a bit of a risk with that album. I think I think it was a kind of a shot mm. in the dark, and that we were thrown up thrown together all these different styles on one record, which which, as far as I know, hadn't been done. Right, you know. So, and it's a credit to PJ that 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 whole thing knits together beautifully. Like, and and and, uh, and you know, I mean, I, I like PJ said when I sing these songs solo, it's like I kind of I kind of. Uh, unify them in that way because it's all me just me Mm. but when you throw all these other elements at it you are taking a bit of a risk that people are going to say ah that's you know I wanted a jazz album this is a bit of a okay mix mix and gather you know but you came
3: to the table Um, Freddie with these say just concentrating on the jazz element of the album uh, which is very important because each of those tracks has has a uniqueness about it Uh, mm. did you uh, had you played with these guys before I'm sure we've been through this way back but had you actually gigged with them uh, I, I i don't
1: think i had i played with tommy halford a bit and he he was he got he got those guys he he said they were all the best best he, guys he in have basically
3: great guitar player on on romance and the dark yeah. actually played a great yeah, song i remember
1: him saying, i remember him saying you know we'll get we'll get we'll get such and such he's got a great tone you know talking about the jazz i mean, i wouldn't have known the mm. one of the second trump from the other you know <laughs> <accent>. mm. yeah <laughs> He was saying this guy has the right tone for what we want you know and he was he, he had he had all the guys clear, and you could hear it that, that the way they played together i mean they all knew each other anyway so it was just you know yeah. jam on this play this you know track they they did those tracks in like no time at all you know all all, all their stuff was recorded in one afternoon as far as i remember
3: absolutely yeah and that's like you know when you're dealing with with the electric musicians you're doing takes and and retakes yeah. and whatever but these guys just came in you sat in front of them yeah. and it was, like as you say, I think we did the four takes in one afternoon. Oh, the pros. Yeah, it was like a, a gig, just recording a live yeah, a gig.
0: Part. Yeah. How, how easy was it for you then, PJ, to produce the album when the lads had come in, that sat down, they had done their thing, as you say, like pros? Well, does that make it easier for you or was there a whole lot more work done needed
3: then afterwards? Oh, no. I mean, I can't remember doing any more work, Freddie, unless you did some, maybe some light dubbing or whatever, but there wouldn't have been much. Because the whole yeah, sense of what have done, you were we would doing. Have done
1: some on the on the on the rock and roll tracks. Like on the like, rock and roll tracks, and but on those jazz track, tracks. On those but jazz tracks, tracks, I don't think so. I, I think we might think have done I uh, think no, I think I think we did a couple of takes of each song and it was there.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, and sometimes it would have the first take. I think we used the first take on bread and gravy, for instance. Yes. First time, you know, yeah. even though I I, I had song that slightly differently and I wasn't I wasn't that happy with it. But you know, when we listened back and listened to the other ones, we decided, yeah, the first one yeah. was the best. You know, right. that's
3: funny, and they were all pros sometimes. that just sat there like as as if you and and they had been working together for years. Yeah,
0: this was your second album, Freddie, wasn't it? The first one was the uh, live album. Yeah. So, what was the studio experience like you for the like for you for the first time then?
1: It wasn't actually the very first time because I'd been I'd been in the studio just to do a couple of tracks with a band before, and that really was the first time. Okay. the band got a take before ever my solo album came out. In about 1977 or 78, I think, and uh, it was a, it was a similar experience to that, but but that was a that was a, a rock band, so it was it was the, the constant uh, you know overdubbing and and agonising about you know is right. That, is that this right or is that right, you know, so you know it's it's a painful experience for me, you know. I mean, I enjoy it some of the time, and some of the time I absolutely loathe really? any kind of recording, you know. Right, it's, just, it's never quite. What you hope it to be, you know. Except I have to say with PG and with that album, that is that that's really turned out turned out really great. Like, I did think.
0: did you have much to change or rearrange, or was there any kind of? I ah, know you can't be doing that. What I want to uh, was there any of that? I have no memory of any of
3: that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, some of the arrangements were, were kind of quirky, and you know? then we had Martin O'Connor in there playing. Uh, playing.
3: Oh, yes, yes, on, on Gypsy one, Moth, a song called and, Gypsy Moth.
1: A couple of things, he, play, he play, also played on um, Ghosts. And Ghosts, he's like, yes. he's like, That kind of ghostly, uh, um, you know, the, the, the shimmering kind yes, of. Yes, Shimmer,
3: yeah. shimmering sounds, yes. Yeah. But, you know, again, uh, when you're dealing with musicians of that calibre, uh, you you explain what you maybe want an effect if it's something outside their norm. And they, go, and they do it and they go for it. Right. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know, but they, we all know when it works and we all know when it doesn't work. But it, it worked on all those occasions.
2: Freddie,
0: when you were sitting out on, on course for your career in the music business, what did you want to do? What was your... Were you just a fellow that wanted to play the guitar and sing songs or had you a um, kind of a deeper?
1: I, I never, I never, and I still don't think of it as a career. If, if I thought of it as a career, I would, be, I would be a successful, you know, I'd have actually some money in the bank. You know, as <laughs> it's, it's a career, it's not, it's, it's not my, my, my uh, what's the word? What a musician, yeah. I just wanted to get away from school, get away from home. Right. Get away from Cork get away from Ireland, get on the boat to England, which is what I did in 1970. Right. And really, that was it. That was it. I, I, I've been playing the guitar ever since. I've had to do other jobs in order to survive, mm-hmm. Certain, including a stint in America where I became a plumber. Did you? I had to two kids through high school. When we realised that the, the schools, the public schools were hit and miss, basically, so it depended largely on what borough you lived in. If you lived in a fancy borough, you'd get a nice, decent public school we kind of went in the middle we didn't want to go
0: too high bro into the
1: into the ghetto or, in, or, or into the too expensive area which we couldn't afford so we went kind of middle of the road and the schools weren't good you know mm. so we i then had to go out and get a job get a job making money i mean i was hoping to when we moved to america i was, I was hoping to to actually um get into music and i you know right. i did to an extent but it was too slow you know couldn't you know? Right. Couldn't spend,
3: the,
1: couldn't spend the time make a living anyway that's what, what we're talking
0: about. I don't know why. No, no, but that's okay about. because it's nice, it's nice to get a, a, a sense and a flavor of what you, were, what you were about as well because sometimes what you start out doing and then when the record industry or the music industry or the entertainment industry get their hands on you, then you have to make changes that you may not have been thinking about initially. Likewise, yeah. with a studio situation, you have your, your, your track list and you have an album ready and you say, okay, I want to do this, but then you have to make changes in the studio as well. Um the fact that, that there were so many different styles in this particular album do you do um was this just about putting the tracks down and releasing an album, and whoever liked it liked it, or was there a reason was it for live events or was uh, I, I I always come back to radio play was that important to you or was it on your mind or did you care uh,
1: I, I didn't really i don 't I don't remember how, how i Thought about it that at the time. I think at, at the time it was just it was just a real uh, ex, ex, feeling of excitement to be making another album, like it was my second album. So it was it was a it was a real a real thrill, you know, mm. to get to get it going, to get it out. And uh, I, I think Mulligan probably didn't really know what they had there, and then and, and and it turned out that it did really well well for Mulligan, you know, at the time. So um, so I think they were pleased enough, but. But then uh I don't know what happened. Then I, I didn't make another record for like four years.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: And that one that one was uh was more of a I started writing songs and and and, and use uh, using a f- uh, this friend of mine called Amy Lynn and I used a couple of his songs as well. So I'm kind of more original and more rocky right. album called uh, Long Distance Runner. Okay. The one that PG wasn't involved in, but Bill Will produced that one.
3: But I was I was, st- I was aware as we were doing the album, Freddie, that there was something special going on. Uh, Because of the different genres, you know, you had your, as you said earlier, your folk and your rock and the jazz element. And I had never worked with any jazz before, uh, but I was a big jazz fan. And so to be with these guys in studio and to see them laying it down in a very uh, controlled and and powerful way was uh, it was a real kick for me. Um, So I was excited by it as we went along doing the work we were doing.
1: Yeah. They were vastly experienced as well. I like think they, they brought an awful lot of experience into that stuff. We all kind of learned from, I think, you know, the fact that they 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 were so relaxed and so one, two, three, four. There we go.
3: Yeah. No.
0: Before we uh, li- linked up with you on Zoom, Freddie, uh, myself and PJ were sitting outside in the sunshine and we were having a cup of tea and a little bit to eat and we got chatting about the album. And he told me that there's one song that we won't be playing on the radio. <laughs> do you know what it is?
1: <laughs> Dirty Love, i Dirty say. Dirty
0: Love. If <laughs> <laughs> you haven't played that, why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, yeah, we'll, let, we'll let people Zappa. Yes.
1: Frank Zappa was a great man. Great man. I'll I defend him till, till I die. Really? I, 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 I do. one of the songs solo on the first album. So he was going to be there, in the second one as well.
0: <laughs> uh, talk to me yeah, about. I'm not going to play it, and 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 be careful, I suppose, what we say because we're using this for radio. Um, talk to me about Dirty Love. Why did you include it? Was it just for just for kicks? Well, well yeah, I, I, I'm a great
1: fan of Frank Zappa. I have been for ages, and I just think he's got he's he's great. He's great. He's, he was like he was a punk before punk, okay, came along. You know, right. he uh, was a complete iconoclast, and you? you know, he just. He hated the status quo and all the all the conventions, especially in America. You know, I guess you know all the thing, you know the the uh, oh, you know kind of smooth music, right? Kind of okay, you know, the clean stuff, he yeah. It, he was like a bomb into the middle of all that. You know, I love that. You know, I love that that whole thing. I mean, I, I was in a kind of a punky band. That the fake was a, was a pretty punky band, pretty new wave kind of an outfit, and that happened in 1977.
0: Mm-hmm. PJ, you you told me you brought in a well-known um, singer, Honor Heffernan, to uh, do do some um, vocals and sound effects. Uh, yeah, she-
3: well, she's she was the backing vocalist on the aforementioned song that yeah. cannot be played on air, but maybe <laughs> you could fade that bit. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was a Saturday morning and she came in and she was asked to do something that I'd never asked anybody before or since to, to, to do <laughs> such a performance.
0: <laughs> PJ is known for his creativity in the I studio. Go on, tell us what you asked her.
3: Uh, okay, do you want to speak about this? No, a, I let you, you, know, okay. I let you, you know. um, well the song you you'd probably have to hear the song to appreciate okay. what she was asked to do but okay she I asked her to do to fake an orgasm at the end of the song and the fade out okay which she did very successfully have a Saturday morning when we all had hangovers and uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure she remembers this herself um, and can I ask was it one take oh it was definitely one take yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it kind of gets lot,
3: there's not a lot more I can say. No, there that. isn't. And
0: <laughs> I, when you ask somebody, to, you know, she comes into the studio because she's doing back in vocals and vocals, and then you say, Oh, yes, and I want you to do this. So, was there a kind of a look of horror in her face, or was she kind of, of said, remember. Ah, here, look,
3: I'm can in the studio Can you remember, Freddie? I know she'll never be asked to do anything quite like that ever again, probably, on any other session because she's a wonderful singer. Oh, well, she, she's a
1: wonderful she did class. some singing on that song as well, some of the some of vocals, some of the vocals,
0: back and yeah. vocals, actual singing as well. <laughs> yeah
3: But she did it and she was cool about it and it was fine. Cool song, yeah, great.
0: The songs that you... Sorry, go ahead, PJ.
3: No, I was just going to say, I was talking to Freddie when I met him through the week about getting the guitar solo because people know Freddie as being an acoustic guitar player, but of course he's also a a, a very accomplished electric player. And the electric solo on that track, Dirty Love, uh, we were doing a dub on that. So the track was already down. And although Freddie doesn't really have a memory of this, I wanted him to get a kind of a growling, a uh, uh, real tough uh, animal sound of okay. it, uh, to match with the right. with the mood and the lyrics of the song. And um, we had to set up the mics so that the sound would bounce off glass oh, to come yes. back. And, yes, tell and, me, tell me about that. Well, uh, do we? In those days, that you couldn't, you, it was difficult. There was no, you d- didn't press a button and get a sound, you didn't get a reverb a, or you echo, didn't yeah. Press a foot pedal, I mean, you could, but was there foot pedals in those days, Freddie? Uh, yeah,
1: no, yeah, two, yeah, there were, yeah, yeah,
3: but pretty the sound,
1: primitive. Yeah. Yeah. But I,
3: I wanted to, uh, I wanted to hear um, uh, uh, something that was that was gonna growl and howl, okay, and yet be musical, right? Because like you're, you're not going to put on just you could get any, you could get boxes falling and, mm-hmm. and there, but and and to get the sound, we had to place the amp through which freddie played the electric uh, about 2 feet away from the window that separated the studio from the, control, the room. control room and the sound crashed against the glass and we re-recorded that and it it, it became a kind of feedback so it was almost like a, a hendrix okay. vibe to the whole feel but it <laughs> captured exactly the for me of uh, the kind of solo that was required for the song yeah. very much in keeping with the overall yeah. Uh, vibe of the song the mood of the song so yeah
0: did you enjoy you're to have to play it here. what's that? you're going to have to play it now uh, they can go they can go find it themselves right they can go find you can download it from
1: my website okay oh, great yeah. freddywhite.com freddywhite.com there,
0: there you yeah. go alright Freddie um, was it enjoyable being in the studio and you know doing things like putting the speaker in front of the glass and you know generating a new sound or a different sound was it fun? Ah
1: yeah, to- totally i mean it's, it's it's like i say it's 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 a real mixture of agony and ecstasy because because yeah. you know you, you are having great fun doing all that stuff and then you're listening to the finished product and you're saying jesus is that really any good you right. know and you're kind of you you, you, you you listen to the sound <laughs> of your own voice you say god i'm singing very high or i'm singing very low, or a bit of a or you know you, you really are um i really struggled a bit but um with that but i loved every minute of it at the same time you know it's it's a it's a it's a
3: paradox. And um, what I'm very proud of uh, for you, and you and you should be, is that the tracks that you did that are being played a lot, like Martha, for instance, who was uh, one of the songs that is played quite a lot on on, on national radio. Still, yeah, uh, still, yeah. Um, you you made it your own totally w- without taking anything away from the original Martha. For me, of the two, of the original and yours, uh, I, I, I I go for yours any day. In the same way with Gypsy Moth the um, uh, Hoyt Axton song. Yeah. Uh, you, you gave me that song. I remember that. You, you, you suggested that song to yes. me. I'd never heard it And heard I, I think you just, you just nailed that song to make it your own. Again, we got we had elements to it that were fantastic. Mar O'Connell came in. And I believe that it was Mar O'Connell's uh, first trip into a studio, first time in a studio. She did really? backing vocals for really that good. and for um, uh, tenderness on the Block, the opening Track on yeah. that album, but and, um,
1: well, I think it's Dead End Street was the other one. Dead on End Street, well. yeah.
3: And we yeah. had a lot of fun doing Dead End Street. That's the kink song, yeah. you know, uh, to get a sense of fun uh, with, with with some of the tracks. But Martin O'Connor, Martin O'Connor played a solo. Uh, I asked him to get a kind of get a Cajun feel uh, mm-hmm. to it, and he came up with this amazing um, riff. That's entirely his. In fact, he used the the theme of that piece on a, a full tune later on on one of his own albums. Okay. And we turned it into a kind of a party, if you like, in the middle of that track. So I, I love to hear that track again. And it's still fresh.
0: Yeah. 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 As a producer, sure. PJ, when somebody like Freddie would be having doubts when he hears the final product and saying, you know, was that right? Was I too high? Was I too low? Was it here? Was it? How, how do you deal with that? Like by, by reassuring them that it was fine or, Is it an issue? Uh,
3: I I think if it is fine... It is fine. You both both know it. You you both know it. I understand how, Freddie, uh, as the artist, uh, like a writer, you're never really happy with each and every, till every T is crossed and I is dotted. But, you know, you come to the point, by the time it gets to the mixing, I think everybody is fairly uh, happy and secure in that, look, this is the best you can do given what We've got, and a, a good musician said to me once, he said, You've got to know when to walk away from the work, you know, because yeah, nobody's true. really just happy,
0: just like the gambler.
3: Yeah. yeah, you have to know when to walk away from the table, mm. yeah, <laughs> and accept that what you got is what you got. And as yeah. when the magic happens, you know, it and magic happens, you know, because you can't plan the magic, no. But I believe that magic happened on a lot of these tracks on, on Do You Do, and the <laughs> other, but we're because we're talking about Do You Do. The, when the when the goosebumps start to come out in the back of my really? neck and I'm at the other side of the the glass, you know that that's right. How, how how can it not be right? You know, and that happened many times in that album.
0: Do you remember seeing him at the other side of the glass, Freddie, and knowing that yes, we've nailed this? Well,
1: I I, I always felt very confident and comfortable with PJ behind the glass. He, he, I always felt he very comforting presence in the studio because he's always very. Clear about what he wants and clear in his direction, you know.
3: So mm. that that's that's uh, mm. credit to him, credit to you. Pete. Because the, I, you, you get, and I've, I remember uh, thinking in the first night I saw you perform live, you get so involved in your music that you are in a different zone. You're 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 mm. at one with your guitar and your own internal um, the delivery of the song and the meaning of the song. You're just not trotting out karaoke style the words to a song that you. Uh, taken no. from another artist no, it's, it's, So that's what makes it special and that's what makes do you do special I think and 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 the, all the albums you've done with when you when you co- do cover work they become originals in your hand.
0: Have have you a favorite freddie on the album or from the album apart from dirty love?
1: Uh, I mean I still play a, quite a lot of those songs. I still play tenderness on the block, Martha I still play Nobody Sometimes I Get Asked For, that song by Paul Simon. Um, you know, most of them I've played until very recently, some, some of the other ones. Dirty Love would be an exception, although I have done it live mm-hmm. on a guitar I used to use, and I'm thinking I might do it again, um, on a guitar I used to use with an with octavider pedal on it, um, because it gives the, it gives you that... You know, that...
0: that
1: <laughs> On the bass and on the octave, the octaves, it works really well, you know. And, mm. and it's, but fun, you know. It's a bit of crack to do that down at, at a live gig. Um, as a favorite, I mean, you'd have to say Martha would be would be would the it? one
3: that I've. Yes. I can't for, me too, stage, I think. For, for me too, For me too. Okay. Yeah. Will
1: we play it? I've been singing it for how long is it now? Eighty-one, forty years. Forty years. Forty years. Since we made that album, so I've been singing that bloody song for forty years. I think <laughs>
3: Let's play it <laughs> We're
1: to learn a new song
2: <laughs> Operator Number please It's been so many years Will she remember My old voice As I fight back the tears Hello, hello there Is this Martha? This is old Tom Frost And I am calling Long distance Don't worry about the cost Cause it's been 40 years or more Now Martha, please recall Meet me out for coffee And we'll talk about it all Poetry oh, and frozen Martha All I had was you And all you had was me There was no tomorrow We packed away our sorrow And we saved it for a day. older too How's the husband? How's the kids? You know, I got married too Lucky that you found somebody to make you feel secure Cause we were all so young and foolish, now we are mature But all that really mattered then was that I was a man I guess that our being together was never meant to be Martha, oh Martha I love you, can't you see? And
0: That is Martha, the old uh, Waits classic, and uh, that's Freddie White's version taken from the album Do You Do, that we've been talking to PJ Curtis, the producer of that album, and Freddie about. Now, I'm going to move on to the four-track that was produced. I suppose they used to call them EPs, I think, in the in the old days. Um wow. But in 1987, so six years after you'd worked together on Do You Do, in between times you had another album that Bill Whelan uh, produced that you mentioned. So how did the two of you get together for this? I have no idea. I,
1: I, <laughs> I, I come very cheap.
3: <laughs> That's a good do, you, do
0: you remember PJ? <laughs> do you remember PJ, how that happened?
3: I, I, again, I can remember getting the call from, from Freddie and saying that uh, he was going to go into the studio and... Uh, uh, to do tracks, I don't think there was any plan to do an album as such.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, we recorded uh, three tracks only actually, and the the, the 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 version of Martha that's on there also is
3: was a, a live version. Yeah. yeah. And and again, the 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 track that I'm very proud of, apart from you, it was I think the one the first time I'd worked with you where you had uh, recorded one of your own songs. Two. Two okay, two originals, and two and originals, and then we did uh, Desperados, which you had done on the first album, on the live album. But I'm very I proud of our you. version of Desperados because we, we, yes. we it was dressed up. I mean, we had a fuller arrangement of it. I agree, okay, and I used pipes, illin pipes, where uh, to replace or to pretend it was a steel guitar, and that's not easy. No, <laughs> to get illin pipes. We, on we had
1: a steel it. guitar too, though. Hmm. We had a steel guitar too there. Percy Robinson played. Percy played steel,
3: yeah, but but the pipes became a kind of a feature uh, on the solo. But um, afterwards, uh, the man that wrote it, Guy Clark. I think that was the version he heard. Freddie, am I wrong in saying that? Somehow, one of your versions got to him, and he was very happy with with Guy
1: Clark. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I, did I meet him before that? Possibly. I've met him many times over the years when he was here, and I met him in the States a couple of times as well.
3: An amazing singer-songwriter. Yeah, I'm not man. sure, Passed to be honest, away. but he's
1: like, he always, whenever he, whenever he played here early on, he always said, I'd like to just dedicate the song to Freddie Wade." Yeah, I'd like to thank okay. him really
3: him the song,
1: because yeah. uh, he, yeah, he always said that fair uh, play. You know, it's good. Always good.
0: Interesting. What I'm was the that. what was the experience in the studio between the two of you, like uh, six years after uh, you, PJ, would have produced uh, probably dozens of albums and songs or are, are records in the meantime. And Freddie, you would definitely have done one with Bill Whelan. Um, so how was it different or was it different? Or was it just back to where you were in 81? Yeah, um,
1: it was, you know, I'm finding it hard to actually recall the actual experience. Really? I mean, studio. what studio was it we were in? In and Andrew Ball and, uh, was the engineer. Uh, well, to me, my, my
3: memory of it is it like a continuation of uh, oh, uh, of the do you do with with just different different players, okay. if you like, you know, on different studio and different engineer. Yeah,
1: and there was there wasn't the jazz thing going on, so no, we had different, no. different. And
3: I mean, categories. that's the thing about like it doesn't matter what studio you're in, whether you're in a studio in Nepal or mm. or Nebraska or Los Angeles or or Innes, Once you step into that space, you're there to do a job to create uh, and to come out with a a take that you believe in and you think, yes, we've all done a good job. And it becomes your own little world, your own little universe for that time that you're there. And uh, when you step out, you step out hopefully with good work. And um, so for me, it was a continuation
0: and two of these songs, Freddie, were yours. Which two were these? Uh, there's a song called "When Jesus Gets to Town," mm-hmm.
1: and another song called "Have a Nice Day."
0: Did they um, sound the same when PJ had done his magic, worked his magic, as you had envisaged? You they
2: sound.
1: Them. They sound pretty great, I gotta say. I'm, uh, um, they, they both sound pretty great. I mean, the three sound, the three tracks we did, uh, I thought were really, they're really nice, nicely produced. They're. they're, okay. they're the the kind of a country thing going on uh, with with the pedal seal and with, yes. with the piano well um Patrick's Patrick played piano on he since passed away i think hasn't he he has that fits.
0: yeah yeah uh, we had a time when a lot of lads that you would have played with down through the years are gone oh for sure uh, they're, they're yeah. the state of
1: us <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well i was just speaking to Joe earlier and i think uh, five of the of the uh, uh, players that played on the, your jazz tracks are gone. Do you know? Yeah. Five of them. Yeah. And that's, that's five of the really? seven people. Time, time waits for no man. Yes, indeed. So, um, wow. but what, what, what uh, if, I haven't, if I'm not repeating myself, um, what is at the centre, apart from your vocals, Freddie, what's at the centre of all of Freddie's recorded tracks is your guitar. And I have to say that of all the guitars I have recorded, hundreds probably at this stage across all the albums, and I said it to Freddie's face the other day. His guitar is one of the best I've ever recorded. It sounded so crisp and clear and beautiful. Uh, and I hope you've looked after us in the years in between. You still play it. No, I haven't.
1: But it's just, I'm still using it. But it's been through the wars, that guitar, but it's always been mm. hatched up and, and back on in, back in duty.
3: But it's very much an integral part of, of what you do, both live and on, on, your, on the tracks and I wanted to give that prominence as well and I think uh, the engineers that I've worked with on, on both the albums you know we're aware of that, that it's, it's not just Freddie White's voice with backing, it's Freddie White and your guitar in the centre centre stage if you like uh, so and I think we, we always got that. It was a very unique yes. pairing.
0: Cool. We're not going to play Martha again, but um, of the other three tracks on that EP, what would you say you'd like to hear again?
1: Well, play, play. I suppose, play Desperado's waiting for a train because that's... that's
0: that's the one yes
1: that's, yeah, that's All a very right. good
0: array alright and with that I'm going to say thank you very much to Freddie White for talking to us about Do You Do and the four track But there wasn't a name on the four track EP I'm sure it was just an EP have a nice day, a nice day. oh it was sorry yes I yeah. beg your pardon yes have a nice an
3: day and these can we mention that these are still available on Freddie's absolutely website? absolutely okay.
0: yeah they're, they're available to download you can't buy
1: any, there's no hardware hard, hard copies anymore but I mean I have hard copies of more recent albums still hmm Gather dust, but uh, <laughs> just download.
0: Download. That's that's the new thing, isn't it? Uh, that's that for everybody. Um, PJ uh, again, uh, two magical pieces of work that you've managed to produce. So thank you for talking to us about it and, and your and your memories of them. Um, before I let you go, Freddie, now that the pandemic, there seems to be a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Are you looking forward to getting back out there?
1: I am. I even have a few gigs that Matthew. I've and on the horizon. <laughs> First one is oh, it's a, something similar to this chat with PJ, also, yeah, in August. And they're, I don't think they am recording it, and there's going to be an audience present as well. It's in, in Clonmel, lovely, and then uh, something else in Wexford later on. Um, Good. I don't know, it's, it's a gig, but I don't know what kind of a crowd is going to be there. And I have a house concert in November, which hopefully at that stage we'll be able to all. Ring a, ring a rose, so you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, I wish you well with it, uh, with all of it, and no, no, no. Um, and anything we can do for you, we're obviously here. All right, Freddie White, thank Aye, you very sir. much, and PJ yeah, Curtis okay. thank you very much.
3: <laughs> Thanks, sure.
2: When I play the ring. In the kitchen and cry Run his fingers through 70 years of living When the Lord is everywhere I drill dry. His friends, me and this old man Was like desperate. Right Just waiting for Moving like Desperado was waiting for a train. Like Desperado was waiting for a train. And from the time that I could walk, he'd take me with him to Barcorn. Well, there was old men with beer guts, and dominoes, lying about their lives as they played. Now I was just a kid, but they all called me sidekick, it was like desperado waiting for a train. things all down his chin Well to me he's one of the heroes of, of this country So why is he all dressed up like them old men Drinking beer and playing moon 42 Just like a decimal waiting for a train Like a decimal and then the day before he died I came to see him I was grown and he was almost gone So we just closed our eyes and dreamed us up to some kitchen I sang another verse to that old song Oh, come on, Jack, that son of a bitch is coming We're desperately waiting for a train
0: That's Freddie White with Desperados waiting for a train from the Have a Nice Day EP produced by PJ Curtis. Thanks to Freddie and PJ for taking the time to talk to me and thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe for more episodes as they are released and please feel free to share. I'd appreciate it. Until next time, from me, Jer Sweeney, bye bye.